slipper socks they ship over from Tibet or somewhere like that. Leather soles clumsily stitched to the feet. I could see the imprint of each toe on those dirty leather soles and a well-trodden sticky patch of what looked like gum. She looked up from her crossword and smirked. You look as if you're waiting to be announced. Her daughter Freya wasn't with her and Mab avoided my questions about her. I would have sat in the chair next to her, but she moved her feet over from the bed and started up some yogic stretching. I sat on the edge of Dad's bed to watch her. I had to shift his legs. They felt like nothing more than fallen branches. Mab's looking old. She's only thirty-four, yet there are wrinkles and grey hairs and even glasses on a ribbon round her neck. She caught me staring. Watching my wickedness catch up with me? She gathered up a pile of jumpers and scarves from her chair. More woolens. I can't make anything of eleven down. Do what you can. I need coffee. She brushed my hair and Dad's arm with the same gesture and left. That was last night. I'm still waiting for her to come back. I wish I were writing you love letters, instead of all this garbage about my family. I wish I could call you, but I think if I heard your voice I'd run home right now. Are you seeing Aubrey? I know your session is booked for today. It's usually the highlight of my week. I hate to think of you sitting in that office. I hate to think any of it can exist without me there to witness it. You're Daniel. Kiss, kiss. P.S. And she lied about the crossword. Even Mab could have got the Keats reference. 15th of September. The Private Suite. Dear Mab, thank you for the check and for the letter and for calming me down. You always were the only one who could do that. I do understand, but this has to be temporary. I have a life now, and I like it. I can't be here when Dad gets back to himself. We both know what he thinks of me then. He's much the same for now, but they've moved us into a side room. We have four walls of our very own. I don't know if this is due to Dad snoring or the nurses trying to hide the fact that I'm squatting in the hospital. They were very sweet about ignoring the visiting hours at first, but when it became clear that Dad wasn't going anywhere, they started dropping hints about me leaving. I had the freshen up and the go and get some proper sleep lines dropped on me, quickly followed by my presence being described as inappropriate and against regulations. But I have withstood them all and here I sit. They think I'm either monumentally stupid or monumentally devoted, or perhaps they're planning to barricade the doors the next time I visit the cafeteria. But I just can't face driving to the village or going back into the studio. It makes me feel sick. Probably best I stay here. At least there are plenty of doctors. Aubrey would approve. Dad's out of it most of the time. But I'll be sitting next to his bed doing the crossword or reading a book and glance over to find him staring at me. I don't think he knows me. He doesn't look angry or horrified, just blank. There's still no speech, but the doctor says that's normal and to give him time. I wish they'd let me put his glasses on. I can't remember if he used to sleep in them or not. He doesn't seem right without his glasses on and a cigarette in the corner of his mouth. It's like something's been amputated from his face. The nurse just now smiled at me as she came and went. They must have just given up on moving me. She asked me how far I'd come and, when I mentioned Manchester, said I'd brought the weather with me. The window was dark and catching splashes from the first of the rain. You don't notice it in here. It's like its own little world, sanitised, 
overlit and overheated. I hope I managed to laugh at the nurse's little joke. I need to stay on their good side. It is rather a horrible image, though, isn't it? Me driving down here, towing a dark cloud behind me like some sinister kite. Daniel. 17th of September, The Studio. Dear Alice, I thought I hated this house, but being back in it is more confusing than hateful. There was no cliched shiver down my spine or harp-accompanied wash of memories as I stepped over the threshold. Pathetically, I think that's what I'd expected. It's a house. Just a house. A long-abandoned stage set for my childhood memories. I just have to learn to tread the boards again. That's not to say there's no familiarity. Everything is in its place. Let me give you the tour. From the front door, you walk into the living room with the wood burner like a living eye.